0: Alabama goes into the bluegrass state and then drinks some celebratory bourbon. Or maybe that was just me.
1: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey everybody and welcome back into Lacton Bama. Luke Robinson is me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by Game Time and thank you for making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys so much. Sorry that we didn't have an immediate post-game podcast yesterday. Um, I went to the Kentucky game. I got to see Jalen Milrose. dad. I'll prove it here in just a minute. Uh, but Jimmy, Alabama gets a nice, nice win going to the Bluegrass State. 49-21 over Kentucky.
1: Your initial reactions. Another great performance by Jalen Milrow and the offense in particular, I especially want to bring up the fact that, you know, I think Milrow's injury uh, or his, his bruise was, uh, was more significant than even TV was letting on. I think uh, Luke was at the game, saw a lot what was happening on the sideline there. And, and uh, it was the fact that Jalen was able to set school records, sort of playing on one leg. I mean, we did some runs, you know, QB runs after he injured his thigh. But uh, he he lacked some burst, I think, and speed after that hit. He just wasn't himself, yet still set school records. More shout-out to the offensive line, did not give up a single sack. So many of the things that were plaguing Alabama in September and early October are just gone for now. Uh, Seth snaps, the offensive line giving up sacks, Jalen Milrow not being decisive, um, uh, Man, uh, I said in, in the lead up, let's see Jalen complete short throws, intermediate throws, and deep throws. He did, he did all of those things while still uh contributing with his legs, uh, against a good Kentucky. Kentucky was six and three going into that game, a pretty good team. Uh, at Alabama's road woes solved again, they played really solid, particularly in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Played a lot of depth. Defense was fine. Uh, I don't think it was. A defensive performance I would rank up there with the best uh, of the year, but it was fine. It it, it was fine, especially considering they were down a few guys. So Alabama, once again, showing that among the nine teams contending to win the national championship in 2023, uh, they're probably the most improved team. And no one in that nine, including Georgia, wants to play Alabama. That's not to say that Georgia won't beat or can't beat Alabama, but no one will want to play uh, the Alabama team that's playing right now, Luke.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it was really funny. It was also great to see so many Alabama fans in the stands. I don't know if TV did it justice. I, I don't know if you could tell it. I would be able to rewatch it. Um, but, man, there were a lot of Alabama fans there, and it was very cool. And and the Kentucky crowd was out of it early. I mean, Alabama scores on that opening drive. It was a thing of beauty. Uh, the touchdown pass to Nye Black was awesome. He looked off the safety um, because it looked like, again, I'm, I'm going based on memory and the quick highlight it thing, did. but, uh, he it did it. I think Jason McClellan went over to the left on a wheel route and wheel. the safety sort of went with him and that opened up Nye black and it was a gorgeous pass. I mean, look, I, I'm really just as surprised as everybody else at how fast Milro is getting better. Um, I, I, again, I have no problem saying, I mean, I had my doubts. If you listen to this podcast, you know, I had my doubts at the beginning of the season, but all he's done is gotten better and better and better. And it's a lot of fun to watch. And the other thing that is, that is cool about him. He's a joy. He's a joyous person. He's got a million dollar, a billion dollar smile. Um, He's got an incredible personality. He's just been a lot of fun and um, he's enjoying playing the game and it really shows out there. And I'm very, very excited for him. I'm gonna go ahead and put the picture up because I mean, just in case people don't believe me, but here is uh, Luke Robinson, yours truly with Jalen
1: Milrow,
0: Quentin, (laughs) and he's got a. I love this shirt of Jalen Milrow on his shirt. I want that shirt. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But and I got to give one more shout out too, and we're gonna keep talking. Hey, where was that? Was that picture at Kroger Stadium? No, no, no! That picture was at Drake's sports bar after the game. Like, in fact, during the Georgia game. So, uh, and then this picture right here, Jimmy. I don't yeah. know how well you can see it, but the two uh, we went, uh, my buddy and I went to the alumni tent, and uh, this lady right here. I, maybe you can't see my cursor. So, the lady on my under my right arm. Uh, her, her name is Liz, and she comes up to me and says, "Man, I love your podcast." She goes, "I want you to tell Jimmy." Uh, where I sit so he can come see me sometime. I've already forgotten that, Liz. I'm sorry. Um, and then this other gentleman over here to my right who was wearing uh, a hat that I think the Skipper wore in Gilligan's Island, Uh-oh. and I loved it. I wanted it. Um, he is like the president of Crimson Addy. There's a thing called – he's in Cincinnati. It's Alabama fan club or something, alumni club. And um, it, it's like the one of the best tailgates you know, that you can go to and, and Tuscaloosa and all that. Anyway, just a couple of really cool people. So nice to meet them. Appreciated their They're coming up. And then also had one other gentleman come up to me uh, at the game and say, hey, love listening to y'all. So, man, we really do appreciate that. I mean, I swear to God we do. So uh, thank you so much for saying that. Um, that. That You brought up a point just a second ago about the defense missing some folks like Deontay Lawson. Uh, that's very true. Who else was out? Jalen Key was out. Jalen Key. Um, But uh, let me tell you something that I I think we need to even give Milrow more credit for. No Jermaine Burton. And Jermaine Burton has been a guy that he's depended on, and Jermaine Burton's gotten a lot better. My understanding is he was sick. I didn't know he was going to be out until, like, right at kick and people were texting me. By the way, Kentucky Stadium, eh, I mean, you're sponsored by Kroger.
1: Get more concessions. (laughs) Get groceries, get groceries, groceries. Saying, you're saying you're saying you lack groceries at Kroger Stadium. The, it was the it's
0: the only time in h- written history that I that the men's bathroom line was longer than the women's bathroom line. And I don't know why that was. But um, mm. anyway, I guess more men had to go to the bathroom. That, that actually makes sense now. Um, but the the there was no service at all. I mean, like the service was just atrocious and it's only 60,000 people. I mean, look, I get it it's a hundred thousand, but it's only 60,000 people. So, um, yeah, there were some things that could have been better, but I do love the field, The fit, like Kentucky this time of year is gorgeous. So that was, that was really cool. And the fans were very nice. The ones that we met seemed very nice, Um, but no Jermaine Burton. And um, so that was uh, something that, you know, he didn't know he wasn't going to have, oh, what I was saying was Jermaine Burton was sick, right?
1: Jermaine was sick. Yeah. And no one knew because he was sick. No one knew until Saturday morning. Uh, we found out about in uh, 45 minutes before kick. And as a matter of fact, Burton was so sick, uh, Luke, he did not even make the trip. Uh He, he wasn't even with the team. Uh So uh I, I'm sure he's fine now. I mean, it, it sounds like a flu type situation or even COVID if they even report that anymore, but uh you know, it just, just, you know, he just wasn't able to make the trip. So no, no long-term thing there. And I think Lawson and Key both have a, uh, Injuries that will, will you know, you you maybe you hold them out against Chattanooga, right? That's the beauty of scheduling and how smart they get criticized, but how smart Alabama is to schedule a, a game like this uh, second to last because you don't you don't need more of an quote open week off week rest the the injured players week uh, than you do this time of the year uh, when you're about to play your most important game. so. Maybe Lawson and Kira. Maybe Jalen Milrow sits. I'm telling you, he was he was pretty. He was limping around quite a bit in that second half. He was, but I and and shout out to Ty Simpson.
0: We won't spend a whole segment talking about Ty Simpson because I'm not creating a controversy. And I've seen some people on message boards post Ty Simpson is still the best quarterback on our roster. No, he's not, and it's okay. It's okay that he's not. He may eventually be better than Jalen Milrow. Maybe we, but Jalen Milrow. Is the second best quarterback in this conference right now behind only the guy who should win the Heisman Trophy and Jaden Daniels? That's my yeah, take on I, that.
1: Yeah, I'll say about Ty. I mean, it was only really we really only saw one series of him with the first team offense running the offense. I thought he looked great. I, I did thought you. he looked great. And I think uh, you know, this isn't meant to be controversial to me. It's just watching a player and having an opinion on him. I think Ty Simpson is ready now. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready this spring. He wasn't ready this summer. He wasn't ready when the fall started. But the kid that I saw Saturday looked ready to me to be a starting quarterback in this league. Now, that is, does that mean it would be at Alabama? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying he, he looked ready to me. He had never looked ready before. He looks ready now. And that's what shows getting these QB2 reps. He's been getting the QB2 reps since South Florida. I mean, he became the second team quarterback. Monday after South Florida, when Jalen became number one. And since then, it's been Jalen one and Ty two and Lonergan three. And and that'll be a fun thing about Chattanooga week. We probably see Dylan Lonergan on Saturday. Uh, I I think uh, uh, Ty is now ready to be a starting quarterback in the SEC. And guess what? He's a redshirt freshman. He's right on time For all the people that like, what's wrong? He's, He's not a five. Start the fives. No. He's ready to be a starter by the end of his redshirt freshman season. Sounds to me like his development is right on time, not slow. Speaking of things that aren't slow,
0: that's game time. Look, go check out the game time app. I know in the past you've had problems with tickets. I had a buddy, uh, well, actually a buddy of a buddy that went to the game with me this weekend. He didn't use game time. I didn't know it. I wasn't able to catch him in time. And um, he had a real problem eventually getting his tickets to Kentucky game. He didn't get into the game until later than everybody else. I kept telling him, he should have used game time. He was like, I will next time. I promise you. Because you shouldn't have to worry about when – uh, you're buying tickets to your next event. You just shouldn't have to worry about that. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Love game time is last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. They got everything you want, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, uh, job loss protection. All that stuff. See the view from your seat when you buy so you can know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices so you're total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Go download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on college for twenty dollars off. Download GAME Time Today, last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, uh, so Jimmy, I still want to talk about some positives, of course, sure. and we'll get to that. But we are an Alabama podcast. We are Alabama fans. Alabama fans mm-hmm. love to nitpick. We are going to nitpick after a forty-nine to twenty-one win, because here's the here. Then this is a beautiful thing. There's still stuff to work on. Okay. Milro was um, sublime. He was awesome. He had one tiny mistake where he throws against his body uh, across the field uh, at a time we probably just should have thrown the ball away or he could have taken off. Maybe that was a thigh thing. That could have been. Um, but he throws uh, across the field, and um, he has it picked off. But here's what's beautiful. Uh, a couple of plays later, uh, Terry on Arnold bails him out, which is what good teams do. When somebody makes a mistake, somebody else makes up for it. Now here's the, here's the one thing. And I know a lot of people are going to talk about this and, and frankly, they should, um, Saban didn't make excuses for it, but he kind of made excuses for it. Uh, Kool-Aid's muffed punt. I know somebody again, I hadn't seen the replay yet. When I was watching it live and the punt was kind of close to me or the reception of the punt was close to me. Um, I thought, Hey man, you might want to get away from this one. This one's kind of funky. And, uh, he just went up he lost focus or somebody ran into him or something and he muffed it and the the killer is that was 21 nothing we get the ball back then and kentucky mails it in i'm talking about everybody goes home what we did was give them just a tiny bit of hope and they i think they eventually scored on that um uh, they, they they did, did eventually score on that drive so they went on a
1: 14-7 run they did. I mean, we got outscored. They, yeah, we got outscored uh, 14-7 for in the middle part of the game there that was uh, kickstarted by Kool-Aid's drop punt. Mm-hmm. And again,
0: so while we win 20, 49-21, and that's awesome, that's fantastic. We're all thrilled to death. We love it going on the road in the SEC and winning like that is a dominating performance against a good team, against any team. But this is a problem that's sort of been there, like the, the punt return thing is a problem whether it's a muff punt whether it's not fielding a punt that needs to be fielded whether it's um fielding a punt you shouldn't field you know all these things uh we need to work on that because when we play a good team like a Georgia which we are officially going to play now as the SEC West champs and they're the SEC East champs we cannot make a mistake like
1: Yeah, uh, man, I tell you, this is why I'm glad that my official lot in life is to be podcast guy and not uh, head coach guy. See, I I think it's more complicated than, oh, well, the next best punt returner is probably going to do better because he won't muff them. First of all, we don't know that. We don't know that because the next punt returner would would be Isaiah Bond if they go by the depth chart, which they normally do. Uh, We don't know how Bond would do. None of us know. Uh, We think he would do better uh, in terms of fielding the punts cleanly. But, you know, Kool-Aid was the second best punt returner in the whole country a year ago, which is a, a, a heck of a thing to say, and a big-time weapon. It's not that we think Bond can do it. We know Kool-Aid can do it. I mean, he's he's done it before and done it at an extremely high level. Also, this, he plays such an important role on the team as maybe the best cornerback in college football that I don't know that benching him is a good idea, period. I mean... Kool-Aid's just a vital, vital, vital part of this team. And uh, while the mistakes have been bad, uh, and I'm not glossing over that I ah, don't get all concerned about nothing, that's not That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying the situation is more complicated than, hey, next man up. If, if it was a punt returner that wasn't the best cornerback in college football, I think this is an easy decision. Uh, but the fact that Kool-Aid is a leader on the team, the best cornerback on the team, the best cornerback in college football, and was the second best punt return in the country last year. I don't think it's so simple, but is it problematic? Is it a thing? I'm just glad they pay Nick Saban a lot of money to make these decisions because it just shows how hard that job is in terms of, you know, pressing the right buttons and playing the right strings and making the right decisions. Cause Saban's got a lot of decisions to make like this. He made one at quarterback earlier this year that paid off, you know, uh, and, this is my guess. I think Kool a punt returner to stay. I'm guessing what Nick is going to do. I'm not saying what Jimmy Stein would do, which is irrelevant and probably dumb. But a couple things I would do, again, irrelevant and dumb. I would consider using twin returners. I thought we might do that a couple weeks ago. We haven't. I think it's a good idea. Give someone else confidence back there. If, you know, for their, their fielding punts uh gives the offense, I mean, gives the other team something to think about. You can do some fun stuff with twin returners. Another thing I do is stick cool it out there with just strict instructions. Strict, strict. You aren't returning punts today. You're fair catching the punts today. That's all you're doing. I don't care if they line drive it 58 yards. Fair catch it with no one around you for 20. You're fair catching everything today. Just as a way to build back confidence catching the ball. Because catching the ball is what really matters. The punt return is gravy. Catching the ball is vital and maybe building confidence with them, saying, hey, you're just the designated punt catcher today against Chattanooga. Uh, you know, but I don't know. I just know this. It's not simple. It's not, oh, just bench Kool-Aid. That's – you're really going to bench Kool-Aid? <laughs> that's, so that, that's all I got to say about that, as Forrest Gump would say. No,
0: I, I hear what you're saying. If you were going to make a change, or at least give somebody some extra practice, Chattanooga week is the week to do it. It's got to be this week. It's you would think be. that they would have a lot of um, uh, a lot of opportunities to catch punts. Hopefully, the problem is I think it's too late in the year to do it. I'm with you. I, agree. I think that um, I think that you got to, If if you do it, if you do want to put somebody back there against Chattanooga, here's the problem: you want to put somebody new. What if that person's awesome? Against Chattanooga, what if he returns a punt for a touchdown? It's not crazy. What if he, you know, averages 17 yards return or whatever? Then you're like, oh, now we can use him against Auburn. Catching punts in Jordan Hare Stadium with what that crowd is going to be, with what's going to be on the line for us, is different than catching punts at 11 o'clock against Chattanooga in your home stadium. So I
1: think Kool Aid's got to be the one to do that at Auburn um, because that's a great that's a great point. I, I was already you know already had an opinion. And if my opinion had been the other way, you just talked me into my own opinion. We, it's too late to make a change. You're right about the Auburn thing. That's that's a great point. I think I think it would be a mistake to change a punter two weeks for Auburn in that environment. Yeah, I mean, and th- that would just be scary. All right, so here's what we're
0: going to do, Jimmy. We're going to uh, take a little break here, and then we're going to talk about going around the SEC, but specifically about Jimbo Fisher's firing and how it affects Alabama. Oh. Now, though, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. Uh, Boy, love Jace Medical. So happy that they are a sponsor of our programming now. Look, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize that what that means? bring on extended travel bring on next next natural disaster supply chain issue you are covered my friend you don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for cialis viagra uh Rivetio prescription none of that this is all possible because of our friends at jason medical go online right now at jasonmedical.com to receive your 12 month supply on your daily medication remember to use promo code locked on at checkout a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half uh, to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than pharmaceuticals, uh, excuse me, than pharmacies. And I highly recommend this for everyone. If you were someone you love, would love some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication." Go to JaceMedical.com to see if it's offered to you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use uh, from Jace Medical. You will love this thing. I'm telling you, go check them out. JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Uh, so Jimmy Jimbo Fisher is fired. Um you know, it's the second coach in about three years that beats Mississippi State and then gets fired, Crush, uh, and then Mississippi. gets a tremendous fire. Yeah, yeah. Crush, Crush, Mileson, Mississippi State. Yep. Gus Miles on and um, and Jimbo Fisher, and I think th- there are a few things to to consider here. Number one, um, I, I think that Texas a is certainly going to give Dan Lanning. Uh, a hard look and that's a guy that I would be frankly okay with if he were saving successor um, at Oregon right now but the timing could be very good for him uh it's going to be a tremendous bidding war potentially Mike Elko at Duke is another option but regardless I think what's going to happen now is you're going to see some Texas A&M kids decommit and Alabama's got uh, gone head-to-head with some A&M guys, they may not decommit. I, I saw you wince, and I get it, because in this day and age of NIL,
1: maybe their NIL deals are too damn good. I mean, that right. could very well be. Um, A&M's which, got a ex- lot of money. I'd explain, I explained my wince. And wince wasn't like, oh, my wince was like, I'm not sure. In the old days, for sure. In the old, thinking, the old days, for sure. This meant Florida, uh, Texas A&M was Starting all over again, blank slate. Everybody out, blank slate, blank page. Not anymore. Where kids, I hate saying it this way because it's inaccurate, but kids are signing with collectives, not the coach. That's right. <laughs> that's and, and, and I hate saying that because that's not really accurate. It's an overstatement, but that over. But there's some truth in there, right? So I'm not sure they might. Andrew you know Boone had some interesting things to say about this on BOL this morning uh Andrew Boone predicting a Cam Coleman flip but but not to Alabama.
0: Well not to Alabama and um he he said not necessarily to Auburn either. I mean I I, I think a lot of people were probably looking at Florida State which again Alabama's not going to be able to avoid Cam Coleman apparently cuz we play Florida State in 2 years on a on a home and home. So um <laughs> Cam Coleman's a problem. He's a thing. And, um, yeah, he's going to be a good player. I wish Alabama would, would get in on him somehow, but apparently he doesn't have any interest. So be it. It happens. But I think he's a fantastic player. I mean, my hope is he ends up somewhere like Florida state, not the SEC, but is what it is. Um, and yeah, there's also the potential for some Texas AM players to transfer. Look, A&M beat us out for some guys under Jimbo Fisher. I mean, Walter Nolan, uh, Overton comes to mind, uh, now, maybe they wouldn't have ended up at Alabama anyway, maybe. But I know at one time, Alabama was considered the favorite for Walter Nolan. Um, and there's some other guys that uh, Alabama certainly went after that A&M ended up getting. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, pretty good recruiter. And now with NIL, definitely a good recruiter. But it just wasn't working out for him as a coach. And I think Texas A&M, if, you, if it must be done eventually, it must be done immediately. Texas A&M probably did the right thing. Um what is going to be very interesting to see what happens here, because the SEC is now an, an official meat grinder. And uh, boy, I don't know what in the world is going to happen, but I'm going to keep an eye on everything involving AM for right now, because they do have a good another good recruiting class and maybe some some of those guys can be poached. But then you look around the rest of the SEC, of course, Georgia wins big. over. It was a blowout weekend in the SEC. Uh, Georgia wins big over Ole Miss. Uh, it wasn't great necessarily. At, Georgia's winning is probably what's best for Alabama because we need them to be when we play them, yeah. certainly. But it wasn't great in the sense that Ole Miss was our best win and Georgia handled them so easily. It also wasn't great, in my opinion, that Tennessee got blown out by Missouri. Um, we certainly – that could have been a little better. Um, and now, of course, Auburn is sort of getting their ducks in a row. Yes, I know they have played the bottom feeders in the SEC, but they're taking care of business. And what that means is that place is going to be – a a hornet's nest when we go in there. So we're going to have to be ready for that. That's another reason maybe we let some people, maybe we do let some people sit against Chattanooga. I do not think Nick Saban is going to sit J-Lo Milroy. And frankly, I don't know that I want him to, because I I want him to stay on this hot streak he's on. But, um, you know, then LSU getting a big win over Florida did help us. And Jane Daniels, in my opinion, is the Heisman Trophy winner. At least he should be.
1: Yeah. uh I'm getting, I am I'm, I might be this loud about it. And I don't care. I'm not a Jaden Daniels fan. I'm not an LSU fan, but I am a fan of college football. And I think things should be on the up and up, and college football should get it right. And if you have a Heisman Trophy vote and you don't vote for Jaden Daniels, what the heck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you is what I would say. I, to me, it's like he's the number one by metric miles. I know Bo Nix has had a good season. I know Michael Penix has had a good season. You could make a case for a couple other guys, I guess. But I know this. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Alabama football, a big fan. I will take my chances against Bo Nix and Michael Penix. I don't ever want to see Jaden Daniels again. Never, never. Never. I don't want to play against him. And that's the, that's why anyone that is voting for someone other than Jaden Daniels is just has an opinion of, I'm going to vote for a national championship contender. That's what I think this award is about is putting your team in a position to win the national championship. Well, that's not Jaden Daniels fault that LSU's defense is so bad. He, he's he, he to me last night, emphatically proved he's the best player in the country. And uh, I think his, his development from year one through year five is an amazing lesson for every fan of college football in terms of uh, giving up on kids too early, expecting too much too early, but then having the patience pay off and uh, he's going to be a really good NFL player too.
0: All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We're going to come back tomorrow and talk a little bit more about this Kentucky game. Uh, you know, I'm going to try and rewatch it between hither and yon, and uh, we'll talk about it then again. Thanks to Jalen Milrose Dad, for taking a picture with me. Thank you to the, uh, the Crimson Addy crowd. Appreciate all you guys, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.